Jazz and Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes, we outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed Podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by BUSR, Charger Bull Family, rock-solid sports memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in to the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You could also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. You know, you woke, wake up this morning... And it's not, it's, it's just a different feeling. You know, we have our days when we wake up in April when it's the draft and everything like that, but it's a different type of feeling when you know that actual football is being played this evening. And I don't care if it's the Chargers or anything like that. I know we got that on Sunday, but the beginning of the NFL regular season, it just, it gives you a different type of feeling to know what you're looking forward to from now until the end, until the beginning of February. And it's a damn good feeling. Week one is finally here. It feels good. Week one is here. Chargers football just a mere three days away. Cannot wait. Week one versus the Raiders. Uh, What better way to kick off a season than going up against the team that bounced you out of the playoffs or being able to go to the playoffs. Week 18, heartbreaking fashion. Uh, Jake, exciting times. Today we got the Bills and the Rams which is going to be a great game. Can't wait. Uh, but look, no one here is for that. We're all here for talking about the Chargers versus the Raiders. Week one, storylines galore, box office, playmakers, closers, you name it. Uh, this one's going to be spicy. Yeah, lots to break down in this game, Dan. We said this a week ago when you were asking for like the early line projections as far as what where it was sitting at that point in time, the Chargers were a three and a half point favorite. I don't know what it's going to be by the time game time rolls around. And I said that at that point in time that the Chargers would win by a touchdown. It's going to be closer. I'm sorry to say it's going to be closer. It's going to be closer. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So Jake, uh, where shall we start over under how many electric guitar celebrations we're going to see? From Austin Eckler? From Austin Eckler on Sunday. I'm going to go with the line at one and a half. I'm going to go under. I'm going to say he gets, I'm going to say he gets one. I'm going to say he gets one. And, but it is going to be a, it is going to be from a throw. That's how he's going to get it. It's not going to be from a run. It's going to be from a throw. They're going to get him out in space, open up that screen game a little bit. And he's going to get in that way. So that's that's the little caveat that I'll put on that bet. Uh, but on that factor, obviously, let's play the bills before we get into all the breakdowns. Let's talk about our sponsors over at BUSR, one of the newest and largest growing sports and race books that is out there right now. In terms of, sp- of betting needs in the world of sports, couldn't get any better than what it is right now with college football beginning and obviously the NFL uh, kickoff weekend uh, starting tonight. So if you are a new member, go on over to BUSR. Sign up anywhere from your initial deposit for $100 to $1,000. They will actually match for any new customers coming in right now. Use the promo code UNLEASH. Tell them Chargers Unleash sent you and go win yourself some money. Make it rain with free money. Anyone who's a sports better who isn't taking advantage of this, uh, I don't know what you're doing with your money, but it should be spent on this. If you're doing it, uh, BUSR, go check them out. Jake, Chargers, Raiders, week one. Uh, I don't think either fan base is hyped for this one even a little bit. We're all just ready for week two. No, it's going to be pretty fucking boring, actually, as a matter (laughs) of fact. You know, what are we even talking about this game for? I don't think, uh, you know, yawn, pretty much the ho-hum game of the week. Shouldn't even be on national television. Um, You know, might as well just go ahead and black it out and give me the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay game, even though it doesn't even start. And at the same time, you might as well actually just show me the replay of the Dallas Tampa Bay game from last season in place of the Chargers time slot. Cool. Okay. Insign- well, very insignificant. So I'm glad that we're here for to Chargers talk at least for Jake Hefter for Danny. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, Jake. I mean, there are so many storylines in this game uh, before we get into kind of like the offense, defensive breakdowns, like just thinking about the game as a whole and thinking about like what, 
the Chargers team, and to be honest, the Raiders team as well. Like they look entirely different. Both teams have added some superstars. I would argue the Chargers have added more of them. But for folks who are saying like, "Oh, this is a rematch from Week 18," and and they'll use statistics and use plays and stuff based on that Week 18 game, Brandon Staley talked about it. Like it is a completely different team, completely different season, and this Chargers defense, like is literally like more different than the same. You've got arguably like six new starters on defense and their weaknesses that they had a year ago are no more, or at least seemingly from what we've seen in preseason and the transactions they've had. Um, the Raiders offense, I believe has gotten better. I can't say the same about their defense aside from Chandler Jones, but there's lots of other suspect areas there. But I think honestly, this game is less about, X's and O's, in my opinion, kind of leading up to it. And it's more about just like who wants this thing more. Like both teams have circled this matchup since jump. And there's going to be emotions flying, not only on the field, but in the stands too. Like that stadium is going to be bonkers on Sunday. And I that's what you're here for. Arguably the best matchup of the entire Week one slate is going to be SOFI. This is kind of the genius that Roger Goodell was thinking about when he got together with the schedule makers years ago to basically start off a majority of games divisionally and end them divisionally for a lot of individual teams. And how many times have we at the Chargers over the last 20 years opened against the Raiders, even before this whole scheduling switch actually started. These are the type of games that get you amped up. And Dan, it's different from the Chargers standpoint because not only do they have one, they have two. And they have two divisional games within a five-day span of one another. That's just nuts. And in a division that is, no question, the, the toughest division in the NFL right now, you can't afford to fall behind early. You can't do it. So there is a lot riding on the line for the Los Angeles Chargers in this game. Don't, don't, I mean, I haven't even gotten to the salt of, of week 18 of last year yet. I'm not even talking about the chip on the shoulder. I'm simply talking about this season starting off. But you know the, the players on the opposite sideline are just as amped to go up against us as we are with them. It's going to be a dogfight, Dan. It's, yes, to your, to your whole breakdown of it's the you know it's the same type of game or it's different for these reasons it's still going to be competitive it's still an AFC West divisional game and these games are always played tough and regardless whether we're talking win or loss records here when was the last time that you saw a truly one-sided game regardless of who came out on top between these two? even it's last year's 28-14 was it's not in a minute it's been a, a minute since this has happened so I don't anticipate a blowout in this one. Say what you will about the Chargers offense and the pieces that they have added to it. Say what you will about the Raiders offense and the pieces that they've added to it. I just don't see this being a blowout game. I see another highly competitive game uh, taking place here. And yeah, the the hype is palpable. You can taste it. It is. It is. And, and I think as we kind of go into it, uh, before getting into kind of like offense versus defense, I think it's pretty remarkable, Jake, how many marquee matchups there are in this game to watch for on both sides. And, and, you, and you think about like, there's so many times in which you say, Oh, this team has all the advantages here, all the advantages there. And you look at just like the superstars that we're going to be seeing on Sunday, go up against each other. And oftentimes one-on-one -on -one, like in isolation. So think about like the Max Crosby Chandler Jones versus Rashawn Slater. That's a think prime about, focus. think about the possibility of like, you know, Derwin James, Darren Waller. Think about Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa go up against the left and right tackles, which that's a little bit of an advantage on the Chargers side. Uh, think about the potential of like if JC Jackson plays and seeing him go up against Devontae Adams. There's so many. Look at the interior defensive line for the Chargers now going up against the Raiders offensive line that three of the five guys are, well, I think they're all new. I don't know if how that's going to bode, but the um, the amount of just sheer talent going up against each other, Bryce Callahan versus Hunter Renfro, 
I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I don't necessarily, we didn't even talk about Justin Herbert or Derek Carr. Like, obviously, they don't go up against each other, but like, there's also that lens. Talk about Mike, you got about going up against coaches, right? Brandon Staley's year two, Joshua Daniel stint two, year one of his coaching staff tenure. Like, there's so many juicy matchups. And for me, I think the Chargers in the past have had a handful of superstars, but it just feels that this team has kind of exploded that number a bit to where it feels they're a lot less top heavy and top reliant than they used to be. And for how good the Raiders have gotten and how good the Chargers have gotten, I just don't think the Raiders have gotten as good as the Chargers. And hey, what do I know? The Chargers lost to the Raiders week 18. So they can talk all they want. But I think if you asked almost every pundit, they will tell you that the Chargers have the better team. I mean, I don't, I don't refute that because I've heard plenty of people saying those very words, Dan. The only thing that I would unfortunately come back over the top is, is like, well, shit, we've heard about how talented this team has been for years. Yes. Yes. We talked about it on the crossover with Dan Wade. It's like, we are sick and tired of the narrative of on paper as it relates to the Chargers. Don't want to hear that anymore. So, yeah, it looks good. What we've seen in camp looks good. The matchups are tasty. They look good. But you got to come out and deliver, and you got to do it now. And I think that's what I mean by like, I think it's a lot like, you know, throw out all of the X's and O's. Like, I think there's obviously like, it's going to boil down to execution. It's going to come down to like, which team has players that can win their matchups. Yes. Like, point blank. And, you know, I, I, this is not me being the homer, but I'm genuine when I say this. Like, if you look at the matchups individually on both sides of the ball, how many do the Raiders have the advantage? There's an Honestly. argument. To be, there's an argument to be, that that could be made that they have the wide receiver advantage, sure, and, okay. and I get that, and that totally makes it's an sense. Argu- it's an argument. Yes, okay. that's one. Um, there's an <laughs> argument. There's an argument that maybe you could say that they have it, maybe as it relates to the run game, because that's been a little bit more established. You look at week 18 last year, what Josh Jacobs did in the final game, went over 100 yards rushing. That was ultimately the backbreaker of your defense. That's one matchup, obviously, that I am looking forward to to but basically I mean, say, have you cinched that whole third down defense up? But that's that's really it. Defensively in the secondary, no. I think the Chargers have that advantage there. I think you could say along the interior of the defensive line that the Chargers are slightly better Pass rush, depending on where you think that Chandler Jones is in, is in, in his career, I, I kind of think it's a little bit of a wash because we haven't seen Khalil Mack with this defense yet, nor have we seen Chandler Jones with the Raiders defense yet. We know what Max Crosby and Joey Bosa bring to the table. So I get what you're saying, Dan. But I, I, but, I think I more mean I more mean not necessarily like our running game versus their running game. I mean like right. how they match up. So like their running game versus our interior defensive line. Their receivers are secondary. Their mm-hmm. quarterback are, I don't know, secondary or edge rushers, you name it. Sure. They're the only one, the only one that I think could be a victory in that would be Raiders receiving core, Chargers secondary. And even that, like if we're at full strength and you got Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams versus JC Jackson, let's put Derwin James in there with. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Derwin, Dur- Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, those three versus, I would think it's probably if it was those three, I would think Bryce Callahan, JC Jackson, Derwin James. If you want to sprinkle in there, Asante or Mike Davis, I'm not sure. Just to, just to touch on, uh, like, Daniel Popper just tweeted, JC Jackson once again did not practice today, nor did Donald Parham. So nothing for sure, but just putting that out there that that is a second consecutive day of J.C. Jackson not practicing yet, but we'll see where we're at by the end of this week. But is running around without a boot. Yes. So, I just... If the Chargers lose, it's not because of the less talented team, I guess is what I'm getting at. No, I wouldn't say that. It's, it's execution. They've lost plenty of times when they 
are the more talented team. So yeah, execution is the X factor in this. So I would assume given that you virtually, I mean, that you start off against the team that you lost to, to end the season last year, I would assume that Brandon Staley would have this team ready to go. If we're talking coach factors, uh, coaching X factors here, Dan, again, Say what you will about Josh McDaniels' previous coaching stint with the Denver Broncos. Obviously, he nixed the Indianapolis Colts when he was supposed to go there, has had his fair share of success in New England. But as a coordinator against the Chargers, historically, he knows how to game plan against that and has done it pretty well with lesser quarterbacks than Derek Carr. Cam Newton being one of them, Mac Jones being another. And they've succeeded. It may not have been the previous way to win, but they did it nonetheless. Yeah. I let's just get into it. All right. So Chargers, Raiders, you want to go offense versus defense on the Chargers side? Chargers offense, Raiders defense, or switch? Switch. Raiders offense. I, I'm I want to talk about the defense probably. We can even start with the interior defense of the line because that's that is probably the aspect that I am most looking forward to to watch with with this game. I know everybody would probably immediately go to who's going to cover Devonte, whether J.C. Jackson is playing or not. That that would be the biggest storyline, and I get that because that's going to be huge as it relates to the game. Yeah, I don't think it is either. But the interior of the defensive line, we've been was really the Achilles heel of this Chargers defense, especially in the run game all throughout last year, and. It really showed itself in week 18 against the Raiders last year. As I had mentioned, Josh Jacobs, over 100 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. That was a dictate point for the Raiders' offense as they were matriculating down the field on a number of different drives against this defense. It was a huge part of that final drive that got them into position to kick the game-winning field goal. So the Chargers made it a point to go out and get guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, like Austin Johnson, bringing Morgan Foss possibly on the interior. How have you revamped this up? You now bring Brennan Fajoko into the final 53-man roster to have him hopefully starting in a rotation with these guys. So the emphasis was clearly... I mean, the problem was clearly seen. The plan to fix it was clearly done in free agency. But now what's it going to look like when when we're starting real games? I want them to be able to take that facet out of this game. And yes, you have... Josh Jacobs, Raiders went out and they got Amir Abdullah. Zamir White looks like a pretty impressive young running back coming to that team. Um, So we'll see what he has in store. But I would love for them to be able to make this game a one-dimensional game and put it on Derek Carr's shoulders. Take that facet out that you are not playing, having to worry about the running game just gashing you and just dripping the clock. Yeah, and if you look at the matchup interior specifically... You know, you've got John Simpson, Andre James, Lester Cotton, that's left guard, center, right guard, going up against Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, last Jerry Tillery, and honestly, you could probably throw in Khalil Mack in there as well. Um, there's no way you can tell me that the Chargers don't have the advantage there. It, it, they do. They do. You saw how good that defensive front went up against the Cowboys offensive line, which the Cowboys offensive line is good. Saw that against against them in training camp and in preseason. Again, preseason we didn't really get to see starters. Chargers, I believe, had the advantage there. I don't even I don't even think Raiders fans or pundits would say that that's false. Would you agree? <laughs> it depends on which Raiders pundits you're talking to, <laughs> but yes, I would agree. Okay, so that's on the interior, edge wise. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Chris Rumpf, Sprinkling, Kyle Van Noy, Morgan Fox, again, kind of. Um, Everyone kind of rotates a little bit, but I would say 85% of the time it's going to be Cleo Mac Joy Bosa going up against Colton Miller and Jermaine Illuminor. Alex Leatherwood isn't on the team anymore. How are you feeling? <laughs> like, pardon me, comment, Mrs. Alex Leatherwood? I mean, a little bit, I guess. <laughs> you know? Um, no, you'd still have to feel pretty damn good. Okay. Again, this this is not Joey Bosa and X player. Even though you go back to last to last year year in uh, week eighteen, 
what Enchenna Nuosu did in that final game was damn impressive for what he did some of those like final couple weeks of the season. But in reality, you're now talking about a guy who bookends Joey Bosa and can, can do it consistently. So what's that going to look like with all the additions that you had just mentioned, Dan, that you put in the interior? I still think the best route to win this, because obviously, are the Raiders going to be ready for that? I'm sure Josh McDaniels has a plan for that. They are going to be chipping those edge blockers to keep them off of Derek Carr for as long as possible. Honest to God, it wouldn't surprise me if this turns into the traditional old school Brady, Edelman, Wes Welker type of game where it's just short dink and dunks, get the ball out of your hand as quickly as possible. So what does that mean? I think Dan, especially if JC Jackson is out for this game, more emphasis is going to be put on the interior guys to get pressure. So yeah, bookends like Mac and Bosa are going to help that. But in the middle, this is the type of situation that you hoped was going to be prime pickings for Jerry Tillery. Yep. And you I was, haven't I was seen just it. Just thinking his name. Yep. And so you haven't seen it yet. Morgan Fox, great pass rusher interior. Brandon Hoko had a great offseason training camp preseason. Obviously, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Jesse, all of those guys, like th- that's what they do. So in theory, you would think that this defense, defensive front from left to right, all the way across, has the advantage against the offensive line for the Raiders. I don't think there's a question. Even if you're chipping, if they're chipping, that's one less receiver to cover. So cool. I'll take it. Then you look at the running backs versus, I guess, technically, generally, the, the linebackers. Kyle Van Noy, Kenneth Murray, Troy Reader, Drew Tranquil. Going up against those guys, like you mentioned, you got Josh Jacobs, Amir White, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah. I honestly think that's a wash. I think both. I think that's kind of even. Josh Jacobs, kind of up and down. We know what Brandon Bolden is. He's going to have a ton of stuff out of the backfield. But Kai Vainoi ain't too shabby. Drew Tranquil and healthy is lethal. We don't know Kenneth Murray, although Ronaldo Hill said today that he has a whole new level of confidence going into the second year in the scheme. And honestly, like Troy Reader, Nick Neiman, both those guys actually look pretty darn good at camp. So I'm not, I don't think that's like a clear disadvantage. I don't think it's a clear disadvantage, but don't be surprised, Dan. And again, this is all predicated on what are the Raiders' new guys in the interior going to be able to do. But watch out, because if they if they are somehow able to find success and open up some holes, don't be surprised if Josh or if uh, Josh McDaniels leans on the running game more in this one. I think it'd be smart if they did. From a personal standpoint for Josh Jacobs, this has nothing to do with the Raiders team. Remember, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I think there's actually going to be a chip on his shoulder just from a person, just for his own sake, to say, I deserve a contract, whether it's with the Raiders or not. And it would not surprise me to see him, if holes are open, him running hard. And then Josh Jacobs will say, you know what, Derek, we don't need this right now. Let's go ahead and just keep going with the run game. I would not be surprised by that at all. Like I said, though, it's all predicated on what is the Raiders' interior offensive line going to be able to do. And this is why this is the biggest storyline to me is our defensive line against their offensive line, because that's really going to this this game. No question, like it is with many games, is going to be one in the trenches, and it's going to control so much whether it's the the opposition's running game, how Derek Carr is going to feel comfortable out there, your timing with your receivers. But this is what the Chargers invested in. This is why they went out and they got these guys. So let's see week one, the investment hopefully pay off. Yep. And I think the probably the biggest fireworks, and I think where you're going to see the most talk, is going to be obviously Derek Carr throwing to these guys. Then you've got Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, T. Billy, DJ Turner, Mac Hollins. Versus on the Chargers defense, you've got Durbin James, Nazir Adderley. You've got JC Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, Mike Davis. And there's matchups galore there in terms of like who's going to be matched up with who. Uh, we don't know about JC Jackson. I would imagine that if JC Jackson did go, 
there's two sides to this. If J.C. Jackson does go, would you be along the side of putting him on Devontae Adams, or would you put him on number two and then double Devontae Adams and let him be on the other side? I mean, it would probably be a nice mixture of both, but if J.C. was going to play this game, there's so much more you can do. Just Im- imagine this for a second, Dan. And again, we, we've talked about this, but now when you actually have a regular game matchup that you know is looking on the other side of the ball from you, if you can put a guy like J.C. Jackson, even if it's for you know certain snaps here, not saying every single snap, but a guy who basically is going to follow Devontae Adams for a majority of the game, put him on an island, and then you have a chess piece like Derwin James that you can move around the defense, you realize how many how much possibilities that opens up for your defensive scheme. That's just insane. So obviously if JC Jackson's not going to play, I would still assume that Staley has a contingency plan for that. You'd probably be seeing a lot more double teams geared toward Devonte in that circumstance, whether it's a combination of rotation of Mike Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., Devonte, or excuse me, Derwin James is probably covering up high just to be safe. How are you going to use Nasir Adderley in that circumstance? What's your defensive uh, deployment going to be in the secondary? How many, how many are you actually going to let loose there? Again, a lot of possibilities, but damn, you would just hope for sure that you would know if JC was going to be playing by this point of the week. Yeah, if, if not, I, if it was me, I think I would be comfortable with having Bryce Callahan on Hunter. I think that's a great matchup. I think both those guys are studs. And then I would think that you can double up on Devontae with two of the three, Mike Davis, Asante Samuel Jr. And, you know, if, if I guess we're not doing Jason Jackson. So Mike Davis, Asante Samuel Jr. And then who's four? Is that Dean Leonard? Jazeer Taylor. Excuse me, Jazeer Taylor. So, and then from there... T. Billy, I would think when he's in, I think honestly, Mike Davis is a great matchup with him. Both guys have speed. Like, I think you're covered. Derwin James can kind of be on the inside. You don't want to lead Jazeera Taylor on Darren Waller. Do not do that, please. No. Honestly, don't even put Nigel Adderley on, on Darren Waller. We thought what happened last year. Well, see, that, Dan, that's where it's going to be interesting because you think of the great tight ends that are in this division. Darren Waller being one of them, Travis Kelsey being another, you automatically think when Derwin James is on the field that he's going to be all over those guys and just remove them out of the game. But when you have a threat like Devontae Adams, you kind of have to be a little bit more careful on how you are going to deploy yourself defensively. So the great thing is the Chargers have Derwin James, the ultimate chess piece. But just how are you going to deploy him and do it properly? You literally have to pick your shots. So we've gone through kind of like their offense versus the Chargers defense. What do you see as kind of the keys in that matchup? Like if there was, if you had to isolate like the two or three that are most important in this. It's interior pressure. Dan, we talked about this in the crossover episode. I believe it was the segment that we were speaking to the director about it when we were talking about the edge position. How much better can it make your secondary when you can limit the time for quarterback to throw, receivers to run their routes, a good pass rush from the edge or the interior can actually even indirectly make your secondary better. It just disrupts everything. And unfortunately, the Chargers were not consistent when they came to pass rush last year. Go back to whatever week you want to look at. It was Joey Bosa getting double, triple teamed. And the person on the other side, unfortunately, wasn't able to make noise. Hopefully, we get a little bit more of that even behind Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa with the likes of Chris Rumpf. How are you going to use Kyle Van Oy? I don't fully see him being just deployed in the middle. I think that Staley's going to say, you know what? I'm going to give him a couple shots off, off the edge like this. And, and, how, and how about this, Dan? As much as we've kind of been treating the... Kyle Van Oy situation is almost like, you know, this mystery as far as how he's, how Brandon Staley is going to deploy him. We really didn't know. We kind of have a better idea now, but how good is it of a guy like that, that spent a lot of years on that new England team. And now you have a guy 
who's going up against an offensive coordinator, now head coach, who he's very familiar with. Obviously, <laughs> personnel is very different, but scheme-wise, I'm sure he'll be very familiar with. So there'll probably be some things that he'll be able to look at that he'll be able to get in Brandon Staley's ear about. But Dan, that interior of the defensive line, I would love to see pressure from there. I get what you have in, in Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. They're going to get theirs. But when you can disrupt the interior of an offensive line and get to the quarterback that way, all bets are off. When you're hemorrhaging the way that we saw the Chargers interior defensive line yes. last year did, uh, it it's crippling. And, and that's why they think they were so strategic with bolstering their defensive line, specifically on the inside. Even Khalil Mack is one of the best interior pass rushers as well as run defenders in the NFL as well. So not only is he great on the edge, but he can also go inside and he's great against the run as well. Sets the edge almost, I think Daniel Jeremiah said it, among the best of all edge players in the NFL. And how hungry is he? <laughs> Khalil Mack going up against the Raiders. He's on question about how hungry he was training camp. I mean, like he's ready. So I, I, I think you're right. I think for me, if, if they could, if they can stop the run, I think it's a wrap. Quite honestly, if they can stop the run, it's a wrap. Big if, big if. Uh, switch it. Other side. Chargers offense, Raiders defense. This side. Unlike the other side we were talking about, there are some mismatches to exploit. I'll put it that way. There are. There are. You still have one of your own that we're kind of just waiting to see. Yeah, unanswered question. Transpires, yes. Uh, but yes, there are mismatches all over the place, specifically in the secondary that you can exploit. Dan, again, I, I revert back to a guy that we have not talked about enough in this offseason. Our buddy over at Guilty as Charged podcast, Tyler Shoon, mentioned it on his segment during the crossover as well. Gerald Everett, I think, is going to be more of an X factor than we believe. I would I love to him, see... I him up with my fantasy team. I would love to see DeAndre Carter continue his impressive preseason camp that he has done and make an impact in this game. I would love to see Josh Palmer's coming out party, if you will, and be in this game for what people have called a potential breakout season for him. We know what the case is going to be with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, established guys. But Gerald Everett, chess piece, chess pieces galore that you have on the defensive side of the ball. This one with Gerald Everett and with how much he's been talked about specifically from coach Lombardi in this offensive scheme. I've been waiting to see how they're going to deploy this. And if you have Donald Parham healthy, like we said, I think that they realize that they missed an opportunity last year when they had Jared cook. And when they had Donald Parham inside the twenties, and I don't think that they exploited those matchups enough times. Nope. I think that they will correct that this season with the tight end position because the mismatches that you can create with Parham and Everett, it's it's limitless when you add that in the mix to what this wide receiver core is. And I haven't even started talking about Austin Eckler yet. <laughs> it, it's it's wild. And again, like there are some advantages that the Raiders have here. You know, obviously Max Crosby, Chandler Jones going up against Thank you. Trey Pipkins. Like, that's an advantage for the Raiders. Even if Trey Pipkins is improved upon as we thought he would be. Like, that's still Raiders' advantage. Right. Yes. Other than that, show me another spot. Rockison, new addition to the to the Raiders' cornerbacks. Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, Trevon Merrig. Put them up against Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter, and Josh Palmer with Justin Herbert throwing the ball. Like, I, I know normally Pepper Jack, American, but like Swiss cheese all day. I'm taking that 100% of the time for the Chargers. You look at the Chargers' running back squad, interior offensive line, Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, with an Austin Eckler, and then the running back squad going up against on the interior for the defense for, for the Raiders, 
Got Jonathan Hankins, Bilal Nichols, Andrew Billings. Not chump change. Like that interior is not chump change. No, no. interior is pretty good. But I'll take Zion Johnson and Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, that trio interior every time. And then you look at like the running backs. So let's just say those are moot. Got Austin Eckler. You've got Sony Michelle. Maybe we'll see Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly going up against linebacking core of Denzel Perriman, which we know very well. But then you got Divine Diablo, who wasn't even a linebacker in college. You've got Darian Butler, Jay and Brown. If you want to put in there, Luke Masterson, cool. Put, please put Austin Eckler and Denzel Perryman on an island together out in the flats. Like, I'm just praying for that. Because we've seen, for as good as Denzel Perryman is, one of the things he is not good at is in coverage. And Austin Eckler will exploit the hell out of that. I'm telling you, man, you go back to last year. If you think about the Raiders defense, it's so damn of, frustrating. <laughs> but then you think of who the defense was made up with last year. I swear to God, I think there was just like a pack between Denzel Perryman, <laughs> Brandon Faison, Casey Hayward to basically, oh, Tyron Johnson <laughs> to basically just go out and have the, the game of their lives to keep the Chargers out of the playoffs last year because Denzel Perryman and Brandon Faison were one and two, respectfully, was leaders in, in, in their tackles in that game last year. Was and then Casey, Casey Hayward, he was. That's right. But I don't, I don't remember him being in on big plays. No, 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 no. I'm just saying former Chargers. Right. But Casey Hayward got an interception in that game on Justin Herbert. We obviously know what Tyron Johnson did. He, was, he made a key special teams tackle. Uh, Dan, as you mentioned, other than Max Crosby, the only people that were in on a half a sack in that game was Quinn Jefferson and Cleveland Farrell. Wasn't wasn't uh, Darius Phylon? I thought that was the first game ah, that yeah. Darius Phylon. Yes, but to your point, yes, in that particular game, yes, Darius Phylon was having himself a damn ah. good game, a damn good game in that game. But uh, yeah, it's just it was it was totally poetic in the worst type of way for the Chargers last year to see those guys go out and literally each one of them contribute into a Chargers loss. Now, you look at that this year. Bring in Chandler Jones. I would be interested to know the first defensive scheme and rotation that Josh McDaniels would like to bring out with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Because is it going to be a coin flip? Before the first defensive series for them to say, I don't want him. I, 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 want, want him. I, I want Trey Pipkins. I don't want that other guy on the left side of the line. <laughs> you take him. You take him. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how that plays out. But again, we, we hope that it's not Max Crosby going up against Storm Norton. That's was well-documented last year. You hope to see the improvements that we have heard so much about from Duke Mannyweather, from this coaching staff on the progression that Trey Pipkins has made. Zion Johnson obviously has shown what he's made of that right side. Again, you, you think about it, and, and again, people kind of forget this. It wasn't just the right tackle position that was debilitating for the Chargers last year. They lost their right guard, and they lost their right tackle, essentially, because Brian Bulaka never ended up playing, so it went right to Storm Norton. And then, of course, with everything with Ode Ibushi, it was just a few weeks later that he goes down, and now your whole right side of your line has been reshuffled. And in a sense, it is again, but in a much better way, in a Plain. much better way. So you would hope to see some progression on that right side of the line from what you have developed from the center position to the left tackle side. So, yeah, Dan, open up Jake. holes, give, it, give Justin Herbert time, Find a way. I would, Dan, I would say the exact same game plan that Josh McDaniels could possibly implement against this Chargers defense. Do it against them in the same type of fashion. If you have two edge rushers with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, I don't need to see seven-step drops all the damn time. I don't need to see it. 
I know what Justin Herbert can do with the football downfield, but I don't need to see it every snap. Look, I think like this is a clear mismatch for the Chargers on offense from like a, a skill position perspective. And it's just mismatch city. Find me a defender on the Raiders that can cover one-on-one Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Donald Parham or DeAndre Carter. And for that matter, or Josh Palmer. Not one of their secondary safeties included can cover any of those guys one-on-one in this. Well, I mean, sure. Could they? Yes. But would I take them over our offensive players? No, I wouldn't. Now, can the Chargers exploit that is the key question, because that is a clear weakness of this Raiders defense. Their secondary is just not good. At best, at best, they're average. You could probably argue Chargers have what, top five? I'm not going to go that far until I actually see this this unit play as a cohesive unit to say Top that. 10? Fine. Pick a number. <laughs> Whatever the number is, it's better than that defense. Until I see an actual statistical... Hang on. Until I see a statistical improvement, especially on third down, I will reserve my right to say my opinion at this time. That's bullshit. They had a top three off... They, no, they had a top three not offense bullshit. last year. I'm not saying no, no. Hang on a second. You you were just talking about Chargers secondary, arguably a top no, no, five. No, I'm no, no, saying no, 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 no. Chargers receiving core, receiving core. Sure, that's yes, where you confuse. I'll say me. Our receiving core versus their secondary. Okay, sorry, that's where I got confused. Yes. Receiving core, sure. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say that. that. I wasn't going that far about secondary. We don't know it yet. I, I won't go top five <laughs> because even I didn't even agree with Bucky Brooks saying you know that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were the best wide receiving duo in the NFL. Yeah. That even surprised That's me. Bold. So I won't even go as far as to say top five with some of the revamped wide receiver groups, especially when you look out in Tampa Bay, what they did with all the weapons that Tom Brady has. Who knows how that's going to play out? But you know, other teams, Cincinnati's wide receiving core is still pretty damn good, regardless of what you think of their quarterback. But top 10, sure, 100%. Thank you. So um, if you are Joe Lombardi, Brandon Staley, how are you attacking this defense? Oh, man. <laughs> See, like, you're excited. You're like, ooh, how can I attack this defense? Let me tell you. Again, I mean... Uh, I said my piece about Justin Herbert, or excuse me, about Gerald Everett, what needs to be said about that and what I think a huge X factor he's going to play. Yeah, we haven't even given enough credit to this running game yet. Joe Lombardi has just been saying this week how he has been surprised on how new acquisition Sony Michelle has picked up the offense this quickly. It was a great late preseason acquisition for them to land someone like that especially given the whole situation with Isaiah Spiller. Luckily, it looks like he is getting back to full health very quickly. But just from a standpoint of finding that established guy who can step in and be number two right now, as good as Joshua Kelly looked, and some people argued that he got he earned the position with what he what he did in Before the preseason. Before Sonny Michelle, yes. Before Sonny Michelle, sure. But I feel a hell of a lot more comfortable having someone like that to combine with the likes of Austin Eckler. And then, yeah, maybe you sprinkle in Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller here and there. But as a one-two punch, that's really good. That's really good, and I like that. And I, I hate going back to coaches' quotes. I'm just trying to make light of this as far as what were the biggest things that were emphasized in season last year in the offseason during free agency. I'm telling you, Dan, as much as I would like to see those stats go up for Justin Herbert and a case for him to be made for MVP. I wouldn't. It's, if you can make this offense a balanced attack and as good as Justin Herbert is with the football, I don't want to watch him play catch up all these times. Mm-hmm. Preach. Watching him play hero ball is a beautiful thing, but I don't need to see it Sunday to Sunday to Sunday and have my blood pressure going. It makes sports in top 10 plays, but you don't make the playoffs. Damn sure. Exactly. Those are great on Monday morning, 
But that's not what you're talking about come football in January. So if you can make this a balanced attack, Dan, if you can implement a running game that can get going, mm. give a compliment to Austin Eckler as good as Austin Eckler was for you last year. Oof. This Chargers offense has the potential to be dangerous if you can go out and execute on a weekly basis. You heard Brandon Staley all offseason talk about like he doesn't like the word talent nope. when people describe his football team. They want, Here do we. <laughs> they, want, they, want, they want to be a tough, rugged, they want to dominate the, opponent, the opponents week over week. And again, look, like we, we've seen this Chargers defense and Chargers offense look very different this year than we've seen in years past. How wonderful and refreshing would it be for Chargers fans for us to sit here and join you and watch the Chargers dominate, physically dominate a Raiders team? Like it's it's not you just haven't you have strength. not it's seen not that finesse. since the LT days. And I think that's what they're going for. Like I if we can get if we can get Justin Herbert to have very good stats but no bad stats, but very good stats. And the Chargers can win time of possession, like, you know, 37 to, what, 23? 35, 25? Like, music to my ears. If we can can, get a 15-play drive, seven minutes, eight minutes, a couple times, mm. Dan, I go back to week one last year, against, at that time, the Washington football team. Oh, that felt so good. (laughs) I was more impressed and had much more confidence in the personnel. Now, again, this was Brian Bulaga's very one short stint that he had at the right (laughs) tackle position in this offensive line. But at the end of that game, with roughly six and a half minutes left that was on the clock, and Brandon Staley said, we are not giving the ball back to you at all. And you ate up that last six and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. If you can get to a point where you can have one or two drives like that every single game, and how about this? Cash in after a seven-minute drive and put seven on the box? That's winning football. That's yes. dominating football. That is what is going to tire a defense. You know what I'm scared of? We talked about the offense and defense coming up against each other. Like, uh, Jake, if we have to sit here Sunday afternoon, Monday, and talk about some boneheaded special teams play that cost this team a victory, whether it's a muff punt, blocked punt, punt return, kick return given, fumble, whatever. Far too many times have Chargers fans seen special teams cost them victories. And far little have we seen special teams earn us victories. Sure. This see, this is like the perfect example of a game where the Chargers can have like the better day in almost every statistical category there is. And then, you know, one muffed punt, game over. It's usually things like, I mean, hell, they had it last year in the final week of the game. They had it last year where it's just like, when was the last time before that 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 happened? Again, I go back to emphasis as far as look at, look at it this way. Regardless of whatever you want to say about Tom Telesco, Brand Staley, all that stuff. Everything that Dan is mentioning here, every weakness that we have talked about going back to not just the Raiders game from last season, but the season as a whole, in one single offseason, an emphasis was put on to correct that mistake. Special teams being another one. Special teams for the Chargers last year was downright atrocious. Downright atrocious. Uh, but, okay, that's a, that's a bit of a stretch. Like, I mean, was it, was it dead last in the league? No. But how many times, Dan, did we have to think about each kickoff? 
can't put it out in the end zone. Here comes a return, and the opposing offense gets to start with it at least by their 40 yards. And it was it was inopportune, especially week 18. Because even... <sighs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So, emphasis again. Well, you go out, time. you get Ryan Fitkin. Bring him in from the, from the Minnesota Vikings as your new special teams coordinator. Dan, from what you and I have seen, the special teams drills in general have seemed a lot more efficient. Obviously, you look at the second game of the preseason with the Dallas Cowboys, and that just gave you all the mm-hmm. bad memories in the world when you PTSD. see Robert Turpin return, not just a kickoff, but a punt return as well. So I'm with you. New long, special new, teams. Like you said, new long snapper, yes. new punter. Special teams just needs to be sharp. Do not let that the reason. let that be the reason that the Raiders can come back in this game something to fire up their team in order to get them motivated or ultimately cost you the game. All right. So matchups done. <sighs> you ready? Week one. Bold no, I've actually enjoyed spending the last 207 days, not having to talk about this and seven. I will technically for the chargers. It's more like 209, 200 and <laughs> Maybe 235, something like that, if you go back to football oh, aiming for them in December. Yeah, but yeah, I've kind of enjoyed not having to talk about this segment for that uh, for this long. It's been a nice, refreshing period. Okay, well, should we not talk about it? Well, no, we have to talk about <laughs> it. But again, this we're talking Thursday here. Don't even fully know the final injury report for me to make a damn prediction yet. But Dan, you know what? You're so eager. I know that you're so confident. Oh, I, look at right you! Look at to you! Do it. <laughs> so, I'm not going to be the ass of the podcast and deprive you of this moment. Okay. By all means, take it away. <laughs> all right. What segment are we doing? I thought you were going into predictions. Yeah, okay. I was making sure we were on the same page. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we never actually said what we were talking about. I thought that that was crystal clear. Yes, yes. Clear as mud. Uh, so, predictions. Oh. It's been a long time since they've been listening to this. Okay, how about, how about this? How about this? Let's, let's, oh. let's, let's calm your nerves a little bit because mm. I can tell you're frustrated. Let's go. Let's go. Bold predictions first. How about that? Let's get creative here, Wolkenstein. Let's go. Bold predictions first. Then we can go into final game predictions. All right. We enjoyed hearing everybody's bold predictions on the crossover podcast last week, but now we're here. Week one, Raiders on the line. Bold prediction. Go. Hundred and thirty yards rushing for the Chargers collectively as a group. Collectively. Okay. I like that. That's actually not 130 as yards as you may downs. think. Okay. Okay. That's not and on that's defense. Not as, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> on defense, we're going to see at least two takeaways. When the Chargers had how many last year? Not many. <laughs> and the possibly or Mr. INT himself may not even be playing in this game, and you still expect that to happen? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. I like it. Stand by your bullishness. I like yes, it. Yes. Because, again, Dan Wade talks about it all the time. Closers. Exactly. Derwin James. I put Bryce Callahan in that category. I put Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa in that category. JC Jackson would be in that category if he's playing. Nizir Adderley is approaching that category if he could actually catch the ball. Catch the ball. Kyle Van Noy is in that category. There's a lot of them. And over a, whatever, 80 snaps, can I see them causing two turnovers? Absolutely. Okay. Mine may not seem out as outlandish, but I'm going to follow Mr. Kevin Duggan's bold prediction of what he was saying on our crossover episode. Oh, car insurance. He, yep, because he gave... <laughs> He said, what was it, four sacks? I somebody, the one person said four, four the other person said five. five. I, I couldn't remember who it was. I think Kevin said four. Okay. So I'm going to say there's no way in hell that this Chargers defense doesn't get at least three. Doesn't get at least three. I mean, three at the minimum would have to be it, given the status of the Raiders' offensive line right now. And whether that's through the interior pressure off the edge, there's no way that I do not see 
the Chargers not getting three, at least three sacks in this game. That's on defense, on offense. I think that running back prediction, Dan, is solid. So I'm going to have to go a different way because I'm not going to, I'm not going to intentionally follow you as much as I would like to see that happen. Justin Herbert. 350 yards, four touchdowns. Ooh, you're going high. Okay, here we go. 350 yards, four touchdowns. Just curious. I know this is going a little far out. Who's the four? That's a good question. Honestly, Jared Eric Jared, Gerald Everett gets one. Austin Eckler gets one. You mentioned that, yeah. Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. I think we're going to see something sweet from DeAndre Carter in this game. You haven't even talked about I, him. It's a tire, I, would, I, would, segment, I know talk we're him. talking about a wide receiver five, essentially, as it's listed on the depth chart. There is an argument to be had that he could be wide receiver four as it stands right now with the way he looked in camp. I hope that they just pick up with him right where they left off in camp and how much on fire he was in practice. Okay, Jake, ready? We're going to do it a little differently this time. We're doing predictions, but first we're going to say win or loss. And we're going to go one, two, three, and then you got to both say at the same time. Okay? Got it. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Chargers versus the Raiders. From a Chargers perspective, one, two, three, win. You didn't do it, damn it! (laughs) You asshole! (laughs) <laughs> I was delayed, but just know that I said the exact same thing. Okay, he said win. I love yeah. how you're just waiting for me. You're like, I'm going to yes. let him go first. Yeah. Okay, so we both have a win. Mm-hmm. Even the shamelessly optimistic Jake Hefner has a win. All right, final score. You know, I can't start off the new season. You could. On a bad foot. I could. <laughs> you often I could. Do. If we were playing, you know, let's say Tampa Bay. I, I would probably start off Kansas City. Kansas City, I would probably say, especially if it was in Kansas City, which it will be five short days later. <laughs> I was gonna say. But I'm just saying this is that's that's week two. This is week one. So Preview. yeah, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily gonna start off on the wrong foot here. So yes. High score, or low score. So you already said four touchdowns. So what do you think of the final score is gonna be? 28-24. Chargers win. No way this game does not go into the 30s by one team. No, way. I, 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 I'm with you on that. I would love to see it be again a, a blowout, but I just don't see them separating th- from each other that much. And I would hope that this defense, even with or without J.C. Jackson, would be much more improved. We'll see. Could it be but, a shootout, forty-two to no, thirty-one twenty-seven. <laughs> Take it to the bank. 31-27. Okay. Yep. And the 27 is going to be coming a bit late. It's going to be one of those freaking nail biters that we despise again, Mm. isn't it? Oh, man. Jake, we made it. Week one. Chargers versus the Raiders. But before the game, though, Jake, we do have a special guest coming on the show. Looking forward to this. Tomorrow. Uh, a man who knows a thing or two about these Chargers calls the plays for them week over week. The man, the myth, the legend, Matt Money Smith joins us on Chargers Unleashed tomorrow. Can't wait yes. for that. He'll give us some preview, some behind the scenes looks at the upcoming game, what's like in the booth, what they're prepping for. But until then, Jake, anything else we want to tell the great friends before we get this show on the road? I'm so effing ready for this game right now. I wish it was not Thursday. I wish it was Sunday morning, but it's not. Anything else I want to cover? It, it's Raider week, man. Football is back. Charger football, more specifically, is back. Have you We've been waiting in? for too long. Have you gotten sucked into the banter from Raiders fans? No. Smart. Why would I? Smart. Why would I? You're a smarter man than me. Look... There, there are certain people in this world, and this is for all fan bases, including the Chargers, that are the designated shit-talking ambassadors. And I defer to those people. Leave it to them. 
<laughs> Leave it to them. That's their job. Not mine. That's their job. Fine. Fine. All right. For Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake D. Hefner, myself at Dan W. Sports. Chargers versus Raiders week when we finally made it. Uh, before that, hope you enjoyed tonight's game. By the time you probably watch and listen to this, you already saw it. I hope it was fun for you. Uh, NFL season kicks off today. Rams versus the Bills. Uh, real quick, Jake, who's winning that one? Who do you have? Well, I do have Josh Allen on my fantasy squad as my starting quarterback, so I'd have to go with the Bills. Although, there's, there's a lot that the Rams are going to be very prideful about, considering the fact that they have had a coach that has never once been under 500. They're going to be, of course, acknowledging their Super Bowl championship tonight. So, there's a lot to be playing for, but Josh Allen, man, and the Buffalo Bills, there's a lot of focus on them this season. Do you remember how their season ended? I remember how their season started last year. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, I definitely remember how it ended for them, which was just heartbreaking. Oh, so 13 seconds, was it? Yeah. 13 freaking seconds. <laughs> it's not just us. Chargers fans, Chargers pundits. It's not just us. It happens to every team. Uh, I got the Bills winning tonight. I got the Bills winning tonight. Bills Mafia taking over LA for that one. Uh, For Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, LAFB, Chargers Unleashed. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Matt Money Smith talking all things Raiders preview as we get going for week one versus the Raiders. We'll talk to you soon. 